0: Many of you probably remember early in Pope Francis's pontificate when he said that the church's shepherds ought to smell like the sheep. Clearly, the challenge here is for priests and bishops not to allow the endless list of tasks and obligations they face to draw them wholly away from the people they serve. In short, our shepherds need to remain connected. Today, Archbishop Hebda joins us to share about a couple ways he stays connected with the priests of the Archdiocese and with the wider world. Archbishop, always good to have you on. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Patrick. I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak with you today. We are always grateful to hear from you. Let's start with the wider world, Archbishop, because uh, just uh, over a week ago, in a special ecumenical prayer service, you were there, you participated there with our Protestant friends at the Basilica of St. Mary, specifically praying for our Ukrainian sisters and brothers. Uh, Why don't you give us an idea of how that event went for those who were not able to attend? Yes, it
1: was uh, extremely moving, Patrick. Uh, Was generated really by um, Bishop uh, Patricia Lull, who's the Lutheran bishop uh, here in St. Paul. And uh, she reached out to me and said, Would and asked if there'd be any interest in the two of us doing something. And um, because we we felt the need to pray in a situation where uh, there seems to be so little hope right now, and we thought prayer was the appropriate response. And I was very excited about that opportunity, and then we decided to broaden it even even further. And eventually it was uh, moved uh, outside of St. Paul to uh, the Basilica of St. Mary in Minneapolis. And we also included the, uh, the Lutheran Bishop in Minneapolis, uh, Bishop Ann Svenigsen, and then also the Episcopal Bishop in this area as well. And uh, we also had participation from uh, Core Bishop Maroon at, of the Maronite uh, Catholic Church, and then also Father Ivan from the um, Ivan from the uh, Ukrainian Church uh, in Northeast Minneapolis. So it was a print, print and we had clergy from the different uh, denominations who were there as well. But it was really uh, planned closely by um, uh, uh, one of the Lutheran pastors and uh, Father Eric Rutten on the behalf of our uh, Catholic Archdiocese, and then the liturgy folks at the Basilica, and it was structured as a, as Vespers, which is something that uh, we and our Lutheran brothers and sisters share. It was a sung Vespers, and uh, was very, very beautiful. That we had not only um, many of the musicians from the Basilica, but also from uh, some of the Lutheran congregations. And then uh, there was a beautiful choir that came from St. Constantine uh, Ukrainian church. And uh, it was a way in which in the midst of all of that emotion, you know, as we watched day after day of the uh, painful destruction of uh, cities and hospitals in in Ukraine, uh, a way for us as a people to come together, but then also to to, to really to pray together. Uh, asking our God for the peace that we know He and, He desires for uh, for this world, and uh, Bishop Lull, the Lutheran Bishop of Saint Paul, was the was the uh, preacher that that evening, and um, and we also had um, remarks from Father Ivan from Saint Constantine's, and who did just a, a masterful job. And it was uh, really beautiful to have the representation of uh, Ukrainians from the Twin Cities there but a, a wonderful uh, gathering of uh, Catholics, Lutherans, Episcopalians and, and all kinds of other people who came together to pray that night. I've I, I heard such positive um, feedback and it, you know, we, we don't get together all that much ecumenically. We do some wonderful uh, social programs, social outreach programs, um, but we probably don't get together to pray enough. Uh, we had done that earlier in, the, in COVID, um, with uh, in prayer for peace uh, for our, our Armenian brothers and sisters, and we had uh, also had a, a prayer service uh, for peace in Myanmar that was more uh, Catholic based, but we also had some Buddhists there at that time, uh, and, and those who weren't Catholic or Christian. Um, but it, it is part of, of our tradition to come together, and it's a we we know that it's it's Christ's desire that His Church would be one. And, and so we look for those opportunities when there is that, that common intention, where is that uh, uh, common experience that enables us to uh, grow closer through our common prayer to the extent that we're able. And Vespers is a wonderful way uh, for doing that.
0: Certainly, prayer in common is one great way to stay connected with those who are uh who are brothers and sisters in Christ, certainly, and those who, uh, although they may not be Catholic, we can can rally around something as important as a worldwide event like peace in Ukraine. Well, following on this idea of connecting in prayer and shifting a little bit from the wider world, connecting with our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, connecting with our brothers and sisters uh, of uh, Protestant traditions here in the Twin Cities, let's shift and talk about your connection with priests. Now, I bring this up because I heard that you recently had a great virtual priest town hall meeting. And I'm just curious, is that something new that you're doing? And if so, how did the idea come about? Yes. Um,
1: we, we've done things like that before, particularly in COVID. You know, we, we always try to get all of the priests together uh, for our presbyteral assembly, in, as we did this year in, um, in Winona. And then in the off years, we try to always have a gathering in the summer, which we'll be doing um, in 2022. So we look for those opportunities. And you know the a bishop in any diocese has the benefit of working with his priests um, regularly in the uh, Presbyteral Council, the Priest Council. Uh, But especially during COVID, we we felt a need uh, to um, have greater contact. And so we had, On one occasion, had a huge Zoom conference for all of our priests, uh, which went pretty well. We learned a little bit from those experiences. When uh, Bill Lynch uh, came on board as our chief operating officer, um, one of his great desires was to have uh, better contact um, with the priests uh, of the archdiocese uh, who were getting to know him. And so he had scheduled a town hall uh, some time ago that was quite successful. And he asked if I would be interested in joining him for the second in that series. And, uh it really was, a, uh, was, was very well done. As I said, we, we've learned uh, a lot, not only in the archdiocese, but beyond of how we can, uh, virtually connect, uh, in, uh, through the internet. And, uh, I think that we, it was a, a good experience. I felt um, really uh, inspired by the number and it was nothing that was required so it was purely for any any priest who wanted to participate i felt inspired by the number of priests who chose to be part of that uh, bill's comments were great uh, we had some questions that i i, I took from uh, my brother priests and i, I thought that there was a good dialogue um, bill has a real gift uh, for making sure that there's a good follow-through that's One of the reasons why we um, hired him as COO is our our desire to be of greater service to our parishes. And uh, to do that, we certainly have to be of greater service to our pastors. And uh, what's one of those areas where uh, sometimes things would fall through the cracks was that there wasn't wonderful follow through. I've been really impressed uh, in the way in which uh, Bill, in this second town hall meeting, addressed the issues that had been raised in the first. And I know that uh, there's already been a communication uh, with our, uh, our priests based on uh, what we heard in the second uh, town hall meeting. So I, it's a format that, uh, that, that seems to work. It doesn't require a lot of time on the part of our priests. Uh, I think we'll get better at it in terms of uh, how it is that we can have uh, dialogue or make sure that the questions that the priests have are the questions that we're addressing. Uh, but it was really a, a very a positive experience that I, I look forward to in the future as well.
0: So what do you think, Archbishop, if I may be so bold, who do you think gets more from these meetings, you or the priests? Who gets more out of them?
1: Well, I mean, I certainly benefit from knowing what are the questions that are on the priest's mind. And so for, for me, that's terrific. And then, I, as I mentioned, I also find it inspiring. And I think all of us at difficult times look for um you know, the sources of inspiration. And when I think about the work that our our priests are doing in our parishes and hospitals and schools and, and seminaries, uh, I'm always encouraged and reminded of uh, the presence of, uh, of the Holy Spirit in, in this local church. And so I, I know I benefit greatly from that. I mean, I'm sure there would be other ways for our priests to have that opportunity, but One of the things that uh, Bill and some of the other participants uh, mentioned was that uh, it was great to see even the camaraderie among priests. So even in a Zoom meeting that there could be some teasing of one another in the chat room, you could tell that the priests enjoyed being with one another. So I think that there is some benefit, especially, uh, you know, we, we expect so much from our priests and so many of them are, are working alone, uh, you know, they're the only priest in their assignment, and sometimes there's a little bit of distance uh, between their parish and the next, and so to have those moments of connection uh, can can be particularly helpful. So I, I I hope that the priest benefited. I know that I benefited, and Bill's told me how grateful he is for the opportunity. So I I think all the way around, it was a win
0: win. Hmm. Very good. And just in connection in general, maybe just give us a a thought or two about why it is so important, not just for you as the Archbishop, certainly, and not just for our priests, but for all of us to enjoy this sense of connection and what that means really for the building up the body of Christ and for our mission here in the Archdiocese.
1: Yes. So um, we, we heard so much coming out of the Second Vatican Council, but particularly in the the thinking of St. John Paul II, and then of Pope Benedict, and a little bit uh, from Pope Francis as well, uh, wonderful reflections on the theology of communion, that the the church is a communion, which, you know, as we uh, reflect that uh, the life that's shared by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the Trinity, that we are always called to be in in communion with God, but also communion with one another that requires that we work at the community that we share here. And so um, we know that uh, it's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to, to come together for mass. You know, Many people commented in those few weeks where it wasn't possible for many of the faithful uh, to come for the public celebration of mass, how painful that was for them. And they, they realized how important uh, the community is in our faith, that God calls us individually but also calls us as a community, brothers and sisters, as the the body of Christ. And so for us, whether we be bishops, priests, uh, lay people, deacons, whoever we might be, uh, how important it is that we really work at strengthening that communion. And it it means uh, investing our our time in building up those relationships. And we find in, in the very midst of those relationships, um, the work of the Holy Spirit in the presence of Christ as we together face the Father. So it's a,
0: I think, a, a really
1: important part of what we do as, uh, as Catholics, as Christians.
0: Without a doubt. We are grateful for you taking the time with us here today, Archbishop. It is a good way to stay connected with you as well. Before we let you go, as always, Archbishop, always in uh, in desire of your blessing. So if you would, please. Thanks, Patrick.
1: But just one word of thanks to you, too, for the, the work that you do with practicing Catholic is one that builds communion. And especially when I think about some of our brothers and sisters who might not uh, get out so much, Um, This is a wonderful way for them to stay connected to the life of the church. So I I thank you and your your team for this. Thank you. You're welcome. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may the blessing of almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you always.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Archbishop. Thank you, Patrick. Keep up the good work will do. One way you can stay connected with Archbishop Hebda is through his regular article in The Catholic Spirit. Just go to thecatholicspirit.com. Next up, do you know your rights as a Catholic? How about your responsibilities? You've got them both. Father Daniel Griffith right after this.